Protestants worship God through their spirit-filled worship services, fellowship, and Bible studies. Catholics worship God through their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house who fight over who God loves more just because he gave us different colored rooms. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. But it doesn't have to end this way. If we want to beat the enemy, Protestants and Catholics must join forces. But how? Stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are the same. We are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. There are 120 million Protestants and Catholics in America. Imagine if we stopped fighting each other and started fighting the enemy and his evildoers. Imagine if we all pointed in the same direction, back towards God. Imagine if we started voting for laws that align with God's laws. What would happen? We believe that God's hand of protection and favor would heal our land and bring us back to one nation under God. We like this idea so much, we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians share shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their lives and what happened next. Grab your pen and paper because in the next few minutes, you're going to learn how to increase your faithfulness, your fruitfulness, and your fulfillment in God's kingdom. Let's go. Today, my future guest is Bill Schneiders, and you may remember BC Nation, just I think two episodes ago, we had his wife Angela on the show, and that show is entitled, Ladies, Here's How to Release Overwhelm and Busyness Forever, right? That was episode 381, so go check that out, but now we got Bill on here talking to the men, all right? Because men, let's be real, we got some problems, you know? You already know about your problems, brother. What you're struggling with is actually focusing less on your problems and more on your possibilities. This is just not something that comes natural to us as men because, you know, we're fixated on fixing things, fixing problems, right? It's just what we do. We find our worth in it sometimes. So to look at possibilities, what? That's so far in. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, I suspect, today. So let's tell you about Bill. So Bill is a master strategist for the Holdness School and the Strategist School. Uh, after growing up in Southern California, USA, playing college football and tasting startup success, Bill found himself putting in 60 to 70 hour weeks at tech giants in Silicon Valley. He grew to be cynical and unfulfilled, just like me, and began, began asking, hey, how did God create us to live in the beginning? Why are so many people frustrated, unhappy, and unfulfilled? They got the money, and they go home miserable. What's the point? What is the real and deepest purpose of life? So real deep questions he was asking. Uh, his search for answers led him into a deep study of spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, and financial wisdom. As a ferocious reader and lifelong learner, he devoured hundreds of books and attended dozens of seminars and workshops in these areas and in the general category of personal development and human formation. This journey culminated in his discovery of his true life's calling of helping and equipping people to discover and live their life's mission, purpose, and passion. Bill, I could have saved you years of your life had you met me back then and told you exactly what your purpose was. It was the very thing God was walking you through. Isn't that always the case? I think uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, collaborating with... Um, you know, Ryan and January Donovan, Bill helped launch the Man School and serves as its master instructor and strategist for uh, the foundational Great Man's Legacy Masterclass. He's going to get into what the Man School is all about. His wife, Angela, spoke about the Woman School. That's where she gets to shine. And Bill's all about helping men discover their unique call. 
their God-given gifts, their vocations, as well as helping them rediscover the peace and fulfillment that comes from living their passion uh, and unique mission. So men, we're talking to you today, okay? If you're driving, hey, pull over. Don't cause an accident because we're about to punch you in the throat. Here we go. All right. And, uh, you know, like pull out your pen and paper because you're probably going to want to take notes. I bet you you're in your life somewhere where I was, where Bill was, and, um, you know, you, you're settling. You're settling. Uh, you're acting like the way it's always been is the best it will ever get because that's what society tells us. Stop trying. What's the point? Just coast. But if you've ever had pain in your life, you know that coasting isn't actually real. It's a backsliding. There's no such thing as just sitting in neutral in life. You're backsliding or you're moving forward. So we're going to talk a little bit about these things. And these are real things. So maybe you're backsliding in your marriage. Maybe you're backsliding in your parenting. Your kids are becoming more and more disconnected in their relationship with you because you work so much. But you're doing it all for them, remember? <laughs> yeah, but in a few more years, they're going to be grown up, out of the house, and possibly want nothing to do with you, dad, because you weren't there for them. <laughs> but, Johnny, I got you everything you ever wanted. I got you the toys, the iPads, the iPhones. I got you everything. I'm even going to buy you a Tesla. Dad, you didn't give me the one thing I actually wanted. Your presence. If that punches you in the throat, I promised you I would. Okay, you're welcome. All right, listen, I've been there. Bill has been there. Bill Schneiders, welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. That was the longest intro ever. You're welcome. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thanks. Thanks a lot for having me, Joseph. It's an honor to be here. All right, man. So let's get into it. Bill, like, you didn't, like, start out this way. You didn't start out with your life figured out. You didn't start out with who you are, like your identity clearly uh, understood. And I'm guessing you definitely didn't start out with a clear understanding of where God was leading you or what his plan looked like for your life. Is that about right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was fortunate to have a great upbringing and phenomenal parents and siblings. Grew up in a big family with eight children. I'm the fourth of eight, actually. Um, and so, and I think that was a great um, start off point because, you know, when you have siblings, you kind of get used to sharing early on. You start to realize it's not only about you. Um, and my parents were really grounded in their faith. Um, and so we had that foundation from the get go which was a huge aid. It probably saved me from making major mistakes that I otherwise might've made had I not had such a good formation from my parents. Um, but as you sort of alluded to, as you start to get in the working world and as you get older, um, it was a different dynamic and a lot of the same lessons while giving you a faith grounding, if you will, there was a lot of nuances that I had to kind of navigate through and um, just challenging situations, interesting situations. Um, opportunities and challenges that I had to kind of figure out along the way. Um, and I don't think there's a whole lot. I don't know if there's anything you can do to prepare for that, um, except maybe perhaps read and study those that have already been through it so they can give you a little guidance. And, and uh, that's kind of what we, I know what you try to do with your clients and what I try to do with mine is, is uh, Hey, we've been there. Let me tell you the way to navigate this situation so I can save you years of trial and error learning um, and maybe get you to your end goal faster and hopefully save you some pain. Um, Bill, so, one of the most common phrases I hear from men that clearly have rocks crushing them in their life, right? In all different areas, like they're in it, they're in the pain and, and they're complaining, right? Saying the same thing year after year. And the one thing I hear all the time is, oh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah, I need to work on that harder. I'm like, bro, it's not working. Harder is not going to make it work. Right. That's just insanity. Do you run into that as well with men? Absolutely. You know, um, in fact, there's the old saying, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, hoping to get a different result. And so there's our times we have to shift. It's like a GPS that 
you know, you, you put it in a destination and you make a wrong turn and the GPS immediately recalibrates and connects you to the next best path. And so, yeah, I think a lot of times as human beings, we have incredible potential. We also have an incredible ability to deceive ourselves at times. And um, like you said, when we were talking before we went live, a lot of times people, um, they do the same thing over and over expecting a different result or they just kind of settle for where they're at instead of consciously trying to break out of it. It's easier just to numb the pain with, you know, food or alcohol or whatever it is, you know, watching ESPN for eight hours a day. Um, not that I'm against watching sports in moderation, but I mean, you know, doing those kind of things that numb us, but don't get us closer to our goals. Don't make us necessarily a better person. And so I think one of the challenges is breaking out of that and recognizing that, you know what, I'm not where I want to be. I'm facing some challenges maybe take a little time to numb the pain. I'm not saying you can't have a nice meal to kind of, maybe you do need to take a little time away and think about it, but then let's figure out a plan to get you out of that. And let's get you off that, you know, treadmill of life or whatever rut you're stuck in. Um, so we can really craft that ultimate dream life that we all, I think really deeply want our heart of hearts. Bill, can you take us back in time and speak to us about that time when you were in Silicon Con Valley and you're growing cynical, unfulfilled, you began asking those deeper questions. Like what was going on in your life specifically at that time? Go ahead and paint us a picture. Tell us that story, would you? Yeah, I think, I mean, in the beginning, I was really excited to have the opportunity. Um, I, I was grateful and I learned, I don't want to make it sound too hangdog. There was a lot of great experiences in Silicon Valley as well. But what happened, Joe, is over time, it just, it became more and more about just numbers. It became sort of, um, antiseptic. It wasn't about people. I, you know, by nature, I tend to be more of a people person. And it became more about numbers and getting the result no matter what, even if that meant compromising your morals or values in some way. And I just wasn't, wasn't willing to go down that path. And, uh, and, you know, again, not across the board, there was various situations. But I think what happened is, as I got deeper and deeper into it, the work became more and more difficult. The pay was there, which kind of keeps you in. It's sort of like the you know, the, the dangle of carrot in front of you of the dollar. But personally, I was growing in my faith tremendously, but I was really missing my family. I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area and the rest of my family, I grew up in Pasadena, California. Um, and, you know, I just, I, I, when you grow up in a family of eight children, you used to have people around and all my friends lived in my neighborhood. And all of a sudden I'm away from my home, living in a small apartment in a different city and just really working hard all day long, coming home kind of exhausted, burnt out, no one to kind of share your day with, no one to kind of speak to. I did have some friends, um, actually some college football teammates that lived in, in the city of San Francisco, and I was out in the East Bay in Walnut Creek. But, you know, it's like a 45 minute to an hour drive to go see them. And so a lot of Friday nights, you just stay at home. And again, you kind of numb yourself with whatever, uh, you know, movie or, and, and just, it just felt like I was growing in one area in terms of my job, but the other areas of my life, the other arenas of my life, as you might say, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, um, you know, your relationships, all those things, those were really suffering. And it was all those were suffering for this one thing, the job. And um, mm -hmm. it just was an imbalance. And I thought, gosh, in the long run, this is not healthy. I can keep it up for a little while, but you don't want to live there. I think temporary periods of stress can be good for us. But when you live in stress, you know, then it's all going to eventually break down and, and you know, uh, you're going to have health challenges and other issues and you're not going to be happy. And so I really started to look for that deeper happiness, like, OK, the, the, the career and the job part is one aspect of that. But what about the whole wheel of life, if you will, the whole all the arenas of life, not just that one. Um, and then I would also say, Joseph, simultaneous to that, the work became increasingly more difficult um, because, you know, it's like. I was working for some pretty good companies and, and they had a pretty good brand recognition out there. So, you know, first year I got off, I was pretty good. I hit, you know, more than exceeded my quota and things were going well, but you know, every year um, a lot of sales organizations do this. They kind of double your quota and shrink your territory in half. And it's like, how do we squeeze more juice out of the same, you know, pulp? And um, it becomes more and more challenging. And then there's added pressure and stress. And, and so, I think after a while, there's a lot of churn and burn in, in where I was, the industry I was in. The average life is about three years in that particular job that I was doing. And so, um, yeah, just over time, I became more and more dissatisfied, cynical, and um, it became increasingly challenging to kind of keep this going when I was unhappy in my personal life. I hadn't met my wife, um, you know, and, and I, I was just lonely a lot of the time in the off hours. I had some great friends at work, 
but it was lonely. And then you couple that with the stress of just keeping a quota month to month and doing all those things and, and it can wear on you after a while. And that's what happened. Thanks for sharing that with us. So where was God at this time? You said you were growing in your faith. When did you first experience God in a real relationship? Like, hey, he's my dad. He's got me. He wants to do big things with my life. Can you tell us that story? Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, again, my upbringing definitely initiated me to that. But I'd say one of seminal moment was when I graduated from eighth grade and I had just received the sacrament of confirmation. Uh, what we celebrate in the church. And as I think now they do it in high school, but when I was there, it was in eighth grade. And um, there was a, a family, very, a very good family friends, the Bannon family. And, and uh, they had a daughter in my class who's a good friend of mine, actually married a buddy of mine from college. And, um, and she had three other sisters. They're all friends of mine. Well, they sent me this graduation card, you know, in eighth grade, you send cards that, Hey, congratulations on graduating. See you in high school next year, that kind of thing. And their family sent me a card. And it was like a lot of the other cards I received. I was very grateful. But at the bottom, there was a little Bible verse that I just noticed. And I had just gotten a brand new Bible from my godparents, uh, Jim and Karen Nolan, God bless them, um, that basically for my confirmation, they got me a, a, a brand new Bible. And so I just looked up this verse. It just fascinated me because it said it was Psalm 37, 4. And it said, take delight in the Lord and he will grant you the desires of your heart. And I remember he was an eighth grader thinking, wow, that's a pretty sweeping promise. I, I I want to learn more about this. And so I went home and I looked it up in my new Bible. I'm like, wow, there it is. And I remember taking a highlighter pen and highlighting that. Okay, God, I'm going to hold you to that one. And and fortunately, that verse was from, you know, the wisdom book, Psalms, Proverbs, you know, and not from like Leviticus or something. I might not have understood. I might have put it down uh, if, if I'd started in Leviticus. But because I started in Psalms and there's so many wise, you know, pithy little wise sayings in there, it kind of just got me reading. And it really was... The, the genesis, the spark that got me reading the Bible at a fairly young age, and that became totally transformational. The more of the Word of God you put in your mind, um, you know, again, the Word of God is living and active. It starts to it starts to bear fruit. You plant those seeds of wisdom, and it really starts to bear fruit. So that was Did, really the genesis point where my relationship really started to take off. Okay. So did you ever fall away in your relationship with God? You know, I, I would say that I never... Um, I think every one of us at one time or another to one degree or another is the prodigal son or daughter. It's just a matter of level of degrees, you know, and unfortunately I didn't like go way off the, the beaten path, but I, I'd say I got a little lazy and slack at a couple, at a few times. Um, you know, like for example, in college, let's say, you know, maybe it's the end of the season. I'm like, physically tired and then I've got finals to study for. And then it's like, ah, oh, I miss mass. I, you know, and I miss going to church, you know, and then, but I usually course corrected pretty quickly. I, th I think honestly, Joseph, because, because I had the word of God so ingrained in my mind, it's almost like the Holy Spirit had me enough of a headlock that he wouldn't let me stray too far. It's kind of like a dog on a leash. So I strayed a little bit, but not so far that uh, in terms of practice and fidelity, being faithful, uh, you know, um, you know, kind of like a, you know, an athlete who's training might, might just, you know, take a few days off or take a little time off and mm -hmm. quickly get back into it because it's sort of like a habit to them. I think fortunately at that point, because of my upbringing and because of that good fortune of getting into the Bible as an eighth grader, um, that I, I really never strayed too far, but, um, I, I, but there were definitely times of complacency and apathy where I kind of took it for granted Then eventually I'd come back. And so, nice. so in the prodigal son story, which of the two brothers do you resonate with most? Hmm. That's a good question. I'd say at different times, both of them, you know, because, um, but overall, hand, overall, um, probably the second brother who stayed there and worked hard and never went astray, yeah. but like, it seems like things aren't happening for him and like, yeah. hey, what the yeah. heck, you know? Yeah. You know, my, my brother's been out like doing stupid stuff, you know, spending the money. So you know, Bill, like, I was your younger brother out doing the stupid stuff. Okay. <laughs> Just FYI. It's, it's definitely my responsibility. Okay. So yeah, I bring that up because men, as you're listening, you know, you may resonate with Bill um, and the the older brother in the prodigal son story. And you're like, man, I've been doing everything I know to do. Sure. I've made mistakes here and there. I'm, I'm human, but I never, I've never strayed away from God. 
you know, but yet I still don't know my purpose. I don't know his plan. I don't know how to align to it. I still have major struggles in my life, you know? So Bill's really going to speak to you because you connect with him there. Um, again, I'm the younger brother. So if you're listening right now and you're like, oh no, uh, Bill, that's the worst you got. That's it. Bill, I've done some like stuff that would be in a horror film, like bad stuff, man. Um, well, then you're probably going to resonate more with me and both are fine. Um, and I think that's why God included two brothers in the story uh, to reach all of us men because we can relate to one or the other predominantly over, the, over your life. And just look at your entire life, like paint it with a brush. Which of the brothers do you resonate with most? That's yes. very important because then you're going to read that story differently. And go back and read the, the prodigal son with that lens, right? All right, so Bill, let's go a little deeper here, my friend. Let's talk to the men, right? There's a man listening right now that God wants to do something big with his life, but he's resisting, whether consciously or unconsciously. And he doesn't know what to do next. Um, maybe he's battling depression. Maybe he's having suicidal thoughts. Maybe he's waking up every morning, beating the crap out of himself verbally. Mm -hmm. I'm no good. I'm a piece of crap. No one loves me. Nothing ever works out for me. Maybe he's doing that. Speak to that man. What do you want to say to him? Because you've coached these men. I've coached these men right there in that place. It's not who he is. It's just where he is in his spiritual journey. What do you want to say to him? Wow. Well, the first thing I'd say is that, you know, life is worth living and God's delays are not God's denials. You know, there's a great saying in uh, the New American Bible, the book of Sirach, that I had memorized when I was going through some of my difficult experiences when I had some of those thoughts. And uh, I read it so many times that I probably can recite it. It's, um, my son, when you come to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for trials. Be sincere of heart and steadfast, undisturbed in times of adversity. Cling to him, forsake him not, and thus will your future be great. You know, there's tremendous sweeping promises in scripture. There's so many promises from God. When you and I opened, um, you know, before we went on live, just the prayer, Matthew 18, verse 19. If two of you join your voices on earth to pray for anything, whatever, it will be granted by your Father in heaven. Or Jesus and John, anything you ask the Father in my name will be granted. But there is one caveat, and that is seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these other things will be added unto you. And I think a lot of it is just that full surrender, that full seeking of God. And, um, and then also, it might just be that the struggles you're going through, God is answering your prayer. That's part of the challenge. You know, Navy SEALs don't go into combat. They don't just show up in the recruiting center, and the next day they're handed an AR-15, and they go out in combat. I mean, the training is brutal. In fact, I have some friends who are Special Forces guys, Green Berets, SEALs, Delta Force. And those guys, you know, they have sayings like, um, pain is weakness leaving the body. And that you don't have to like it, you only have to do it. Or things like, um, the more you bleed in training, the less you bleed in combat. And I think some of those military analogies, the, you know, the Vince Lombardi and the Packers locker room kind of speeches, that really is, life is a, is a battle. It's a war. And there's periods of great peace. And, and the end result should be joy and happiness and fulfillment. But we have to go through some of those periods. You know, the Rams won the Super Bowl last year, but, you know, they didn't just show up and you know, just lay on the ground and practice and eat cotton candy and drink Cokes. And, you know, they're out training like crazy, eating the diet, getting enough sleep, working out in the weight room, training, repetition, practice. And I think it takes all that. And so really, when I'm looking back in the rearview mirror, a lot of the times where I thought God had <clears throat> perhaps abandoned me or wasn't listening, it's actually I was in the middle of SEAL Buds training and I was actually becoming a warrior, you know, and it was actually learning. And that's why I think that Bible verse that I recited really helped me through that because I know in the end, it's going to be worth it. And there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel. But right now I'm in training camp. And one day I'm going to be holding that Super Bowl trophy, metaphorically speaking. But right now I'm in training camp and I'm in the weight room and I'm doing two a days and I'm exhausted. And so that's, that's part of it, having that mindset. Um, and then, but also just trusting in God that he's always going to carry you through. Um, you do the best you can. I mean, just to reference again, the, the prodigal son story. What I love about that story the most and by the way, even because even though I might identify more with son number two, but for the grace of God, there go I. I have no illusions that it was any of my own. You know, uh, you can be saved by not falling in the quicksand or you can be you can fall in the quicksand and somebody throws you a rope and you dragged out. But you're saved either way. But I love 
in that in that uh, parable where it says the father noticed the son coming back while he was still far off. Mm-hmm. And that always resonated with me because God is sort of like, you know, they say the hound of heaven. He's seeking us even when we're far off and far away from him. And we have that assurance. Even some of the worst sinners become some of the greatest saints. The higher the, the higher they, you know, the, the, they fall, the, the higher they bounce, like St. Paul, you know, concurred in the stoning of St. Stephen. He was basically a, a killer. And he became one of the greatest saints of all time, one of the greatest evangelist preachers. So I think there's almost like this sort of, um, you know, this this idea that that with God, there's never, again, the harder you fall, the higher you bounce. Look what you're doing. You mentioned some of your past uh, that you're not proud of, and yet now you're reaching people by the millions, and you're out there promulgating the message. And, and that's that's what our Lord, I think, likes to do with people, is whatever struggles you're going through, whatever mistakes you made, every adversity carries within it the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. I found that to be true. That's Romans 8.28. All things work together for good. And so I think um, getting back to the nut of your question or the crux of it, I would say uh, Romans 12 too, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it might just mean you need a little mental refresh, you need a little accountability, some coaching, and yes, maybe some specific strategies because there are strategies that we can do to change our life. And these strategies, um, I, I found just that they're, they're almost like, like the physical laws of the universe, you know? The law of gravity, you jump off a building, you'll always go down. You'll never go up, you know, unless you're St. Joseph Cupertino, but that's a different story. But, um, or I should say maybe even more the law of gravity, anything denser than air is going to fall. The sciences, the physical laws have corollaries. These laws of success uh, and these spiritual laws are every bit, if not more potent, I think, when you apply them, you will get the result. It may not happen overnight in your timing, but you'll get the result. Would you be willing to break down one, two, or three of these spiritual laws that you've clearly been able to identify, articulate, and apply in your own life? Sure. I'd say, number one, again, seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these other things will be added unto you. Um, The second one, I would say, um, you have to make sure that whatever it is you're aspiring to doesn't violate the laws of God or the rights of your fellow man, you know? So if your goal is to be the best heroin dealer in your neighborhood, you know, God might frown upon that request, you know, to make an obvious uh, uh, analogy. But so I think, you know, it has to be something good, true and beautiful. It doesn't violate the laws of God, the rights of your fellow man. And then I think the final part is just that Christian perseverance, um, like you talked about earlier, um, having that perseverance to stick it out when things get tough um, and understand that, um, you know, Jesus, like when he was actually at, at the at the apex of his salvific moment, you know, it looked like the worst defeat hanging on the cross. And yet it was the greatest thing for our salvation. And so, and, and, you know, Easter Sunday was just a couple days later after good Friday when he suffered and bled and was tortured for our sake. And so sometimes it's that, that greatest, that greatest moment is just a little bit beyond when you're at your breaking point. And so the key thing is to never quit and to never give up. Um, and so I say, that's probably number three. And I, I think all those, you know, um, seeking first the kingdom of God, um, and basically uh, making sure whatever you want doesn't violate the laws of God or the rights of your fellow man, and then persistence. Um, and I might even preface all three of those with one other point, and that is to really take some time in quiet solitude, because I find God speaks to me more in silence and solitude, um, and really ask him, Lord, what, what, what is it you put me on this earth to do? What is my unique mission and purpose? Um, and I think you find that by asking questions like, what do I love to do? You know, what makes my heart sing? Um, or, or I love this question. If you won the lottery tomorrow and you won a billion dollars and you can live off the interest, you never had to work another day in your life, what would you then do? And the answer to that question, I think, is very probably what you should be doing. Because I think a lot of times we kind of fall in this trap of just doing something for a paycheck because, you know, we graduated from college now and I got debts and loans and I got to pay the bills. And, you know, so, oh, they're willing to hire me. I'll just go to work for them. And there's not this intentionality up front of, okay, what if you just took a few extra, a little, a few extra weeks and just really decided, Lord, what am I created for? What is, what's the thing I do best with the least amount of effort? It just comes naturally to me. And you want to be looking for those kinds of things, because I think when we're, um, when we're doing work that we love and that, that our creator put us on this earth to do, then we're happy in it. Even in the trials and difficulties, we're happy and fulfilled. Mm. All right, BC Nation, brothers, as you're listening right now, I'm hoping that you're feeling hopeful, right? Renewed hope in your situation. 
that just because you feel like your life is a pressure cooker right now, hey, that's good, right? Diamonds come out of pressure, right? God is forming something in you. He's planning something good for you. Plans for good, not for harm. But you got to see it through. And as Bill reminds us, you have to surrender the weakness that you're experiencing right now of yourself, right? That powerless feeling. See, this is the secret to strength in the spiritual realm is when you feel weakest in the physical realm, that's when God's strength can take over. Right. However, you have to surrender that physical weakness to him and then give him permission to remove it from you and to do whatever he wants with your life, to take control of your life. Then your weakness becomes God's strength and he moves in your life. He restores all those broken relationships, including your relationship with him. And I think Bill is right. One of the greatest things you can do in times of trial and tribulation is to go find solitude and silence with God, to sit with him. If you look at Jesus as the master, this is what he did. He woke up early in the morning and went off to a deserted place to be with the father. He did this right before, well, at least the Bible tells us, I think he did it daily personally, but I, it, the Bible clearly shows us that he did it right before every big decision, every big miracle, and before he faced the cross, right? He went and got his strength from the father because humanly, because he was 100% man, just like us, humanly, he felt weak, yeah. right? So this is important. So Bill, thank you for reminding us of this. All right, Bill, we're going to enter my favorite part of the show. We're going to enter the confession round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. <laughs> it's like a game show. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. What's your favorite thing about God? Eternal life, eternal happiness, paradise with God forever. It's like the eternal party that never ends. I can't imagine anything greater than that. Let's go. What's your least favorite thing about God? Mm, redemptive suffering. Fasting, <laughs> those yeah. those types of things are a little harder. Training camps, Navy SEALs, BUDS training, like, you know, to make the metaphor. Got it. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. Mm. What are you currently challenged by struggling with either professionally or personally? Mm, I would say, you know, the, the, uh, the desire to want to scale and the desire to want to reach the masses, to literally change the culture for Christ. Um, and help men live the life of their dreams and balancing that with just the home life, the family life, you know, taking my wife on date nights, spending time with our daughter, you know, and my wife's uh, eight months pregnant. So we'll have a second child on the way soon, praise God. And, uh, but, you know, balancing that family life. And even sometimes, um, you know, my two-year-old might occasionally wake up in the middle of the night, it happens occasionally, and then I'm up with her for bed and she falls right back asleep and I'm awake for several hours. And then the next day it's like, man, I'm really tired. But you know, just soldiering on and maybe, maybe fitting in a nap in there or something, working hard. Fitting so just those kind of like physical struggles. Um, and then the time struggles, just balancing all that is, um, can be tricky. Yeah, it can. You know, the next time your two-year-old daughter wakes you up in the middle of the night, the next morning, send her to work in your place. <laughs> what if I could? <laughs> Bill, what are you most afraid of? Hmm. Failing in my mission, I think, the, what I feel is the God-given mission that, that God's given me uh, to try to help people become the best they can be, to bring hope to people that there is strategies and skills and there is a way. And a lot of times we get sort of brainwashed by the world, uh, this sort of like mass cultural hypnosis almost into a certain way of thinking and acting. And it's almost directly contrary to God's way. Like you said, Jesus going off by himself early in the morning, spending time with the Father, and this sort of like busyness, busyness, go, 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 hamster on the treadmill. Um, we're human beings. We're not just human doings. And so trying to remember that I think is important. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> that, one's, that one's a little, because uh, I, I, 
I would say probably um, reading or normally I would say reading is a great use of time, but reading or watching instructional videos on things that were important, but not urgent. Mm -hmm. I get that. Yeah. What secret fear do you have about people? Oh, I think just um, in, um, letting them down in some way or, or um, gosh, God forbid, if I'm ever not having an ideal moment, like somehow giving off a wrong. I, I love people. I love, again, growing up with eight kids, I really love people. I really do care. I really love every human being, I, especially the more spiritual I become. I look at every human being I ever meet or see as just unique, precious, unrepeatable. Uh, every person like started as a thought in the mind of God. That's a profound so we should be honoring each other and serving each other and collaborating and sharing and um, cheering for each other, rooting each other on. And I think um, if I ever fail or make a mistake in that regard or, or uh, fail to do something that I could have done better to help somebody, that that really bothers me. And I try to avoid that. But I'm human, so I'm sure it happens from time to time. You are definitely the older brother, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, what do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Oh man, just to learn to trust in God more um, and really follow His way. His way is the best way, but it doesn't always seem like it in the moment, which makes it difficult at times. And so sometimes we have to learn from experience, like, oh, God was right. I should have done it His way instead of my way. So I think learning to surrender your own, uh, you know, taking time in prayer, discover what is God's will for your life, what you're meant to do, but then also um, being a little bit, you know, being focused on the end goal, but being a little detached from the the day-to-day -day or being even a little bit detached from the outcome, letting God lead you and guide you more and following his way more and trusting when it seems like he's making a crazy, you know, uh, a crazy turn somewhere, but trusting that it's it's actually part of your journey and in, in, um, in the future, you'll be able to look back and say, oh, I see why he did that now. So trusting in the moment. You know, speaking of which, I'm going to share a quick little story with you, BC Nation, and mm. with Bill here. Haven't said this yet publicly, but, uh, you know, exactly what Bill just said, like God's doing right now in my life, right? So on my birthday, February 2nd, Groundhog's Day, yay me, yeah. uh, you know, God presented this uh, new possibility and opportunity for me to um, purchase, acquire a local radio station here in Tampa Bay, a Christian radio station. I know nothing about terrestrial radio. Let me just be clear about that. I know podcasting. I know online radio, but I don't know about physical antennas and all that equipment and everything that goes along with it. And it comes with a 501c3 as well. So yay. All of that to say, God has moved me forward in saying yes to this plan. And uh, we just got the bishop's approval uh, yesterday, actually, uh, for me to acquire and run and be the general manager of this radio station. And Congratulations. I, wow. Thanks, brother. And I have no idea what I'm getting into or how to do it. Um, <laughs> yet it was clear and obvious. I clarified with God multiple times that this is his plan and I just must obey without any clear steps. Um, so I'm in the thick of it right now, so to speak, right? And I'm investing a large sum of money into it as well. And I was like, God, I had other plans for that money, but you know, it all belongs to you. So here you go, take more. And uh, here we go, right? So I just wanted to put that out there, BC Nation. Um, you know, God's plan uh, shows up totally unlike ours. And, you know, this radio station reaches 500,000 people in the wow. local area. So immediately that advances the reach of my, my shows here that I do, uh, as well as the local radio content I'll, I'll be able to put out there for our local Tampa Bay community. Tampa Bay also is becoming the number one fastest growing city in the United States. There's a reason God's doing this. He's up to something. Right. So we just have to trust him. What's he doing in your life? What are you resisting? What are you not obeying quickly in? Are you willing to say yes to God, even though he won't show you his plan? I mean, this is real. This is real. I speak like Moses too, a dumb mute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So, uh, Bill, what's the new habit you will, you're going to create this year? New habit I'm creating this way. Oh, man, that's a good question. I got a lot because I'm always looking to improve myself. Um, what's the big one? 
What's the one that you're like, you're like not looking forward to? A lot of little ones. I'd say the big one is probably going to bed on time because that affects so many other things. And I'm so curious and passionate by nature. There's times when I just like, oh, this looks interesting. I want to read about this or I want to learn about this. Or, you know, a friend calls late at night and, and like they have a crisis or situation. I'm trying to help them. And, and maybe that's an exception. It would be a good thing. I think just going to bed on time because um, I, I love that morning time and prayer we talked about that Jesus would do. And I, I get so much fruit from it. And it doesn't always happen every day, but I'm, I'm really trying to cultivate that habit because when it does, when I do get up at five in the morning, um, you know, and I get to bed like early, so I'm not exhausted. If I wake up at 5 a.m. refreshed, like I've had seven, eight hours sleep, then that's a beautiful thing. My days just go so beautifully. So you know, focusing on going to bed on time and cutting out useless distractions, um, and in some cases, even good distractions, but that aren't urgent. They're like long-term yeah. things that I don't need to focus on right now. I resonate with you on that. And brother, if you're listening right now and you resonate with Bill, here's what God told me when I was struggling with that. And I still get it wrong a lot, okay? I was going to bed late. I kept doing Netflix binging. What the heck, man? <laughs> right? Anyway, I'm just being real. And uh, you know what God told me, Bill? He said, What's Joseph, that? take custody of your nights so you could take custody of your days. Wow. Right. I'm going to take, take those words to heart. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And and man, that kind of punched me in the, the eyeball there. I'm like, thanks, God. Okay, how do I do it other than yeah. willpower? But, uh, you know, like this morning, he wo- I went to bed late. I went to bed at 1130 and he woke me up at 330. Wow. And uh, I was like, thanks, God. <laughs> Four hours of sleep. Here we go. Um, but, you know, wide alert wide awake and he had me uh just filling my mind with content for the book i'm writing right now and i was just like okay here we go awesome. all right bill pick three words to describe uh sorry yeah pick three words to describe um who you are right now hmm. how do i say that without trying to toot my own horn i'd say i'd say um um three words what would Angela say? About faithful, you? trying to be faithful um, yeah. in every way to God, to my wife, my kids, my 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 calling, my mission in life. Being faithful, um, I would say enthusiastic. I have a natural um, enthusiasm within me. I like I said, I have a real zest for life, and that comes from my relationship with God. It kind of spills over and everything. Rejoice always in the Lord. I'm feeling um, it right now. You're you're keeping me awake right now, man. Thank that's you. That's good. Yeah, I mean, my gosh, I didn't know. If- <laughs> I'd have brought you a coffee or something if I knew I'm you're, telling you, man. Um, and then the third one, I'd say probably um, persistence, just really persistent because, um, yeah. again, we do have to press on. Things don't always happen right away. Sometimes things just, you know, they, they happen right away. God works a miracle, instant, boom, done. But typically it's it's over time, you know, consistent work, like the Rams on their Super Bowl journey. Um, and, uh, you know, it didn't happen in a day. There were some losses in the season, but they – they pressed on. So that, that just that persistence. Yeah. And, and if we persist, we will succeed, you know, and, Bill, and ultimately in your worst moment in life, pick three words to describe who you were then. Mm, lazy, apathetic, and, uh, um, uh, lazy, apathetic, and, um, I guess unfaithful, unfaithfulness to the task at hand of my duty. We yeah. all kind of, they all kind of fall and those are all kind of belated. Yeah, I got it. All right. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends, your wife, your kids in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about God. What would you say to them? Mm. That God is love. I mean, that sounds a little, um, you know, overly used phrase, but um, I actually, I, I, I'll share this interesting experience about that. My wife, Angela, her mom actually had a near-death experience once when she was giving birth to Angela, my wife's brother, and her blood pressure dropped really low, and she actually had an out-of-body experience. And this is a very devout woman of faith and also a very grounded woman. Uh, she has like four university degrees. I mean, not the kind of person given to excessive emotionalism or sentimentalism. And I remember her just saying, it only lasted about a minute and a half, but I found myself in the near the upper ceiling of the hospital, looking at my bed and looking at the doctors working feverishly on me. And I just felt total peace. There was no apprehension, no fear. 
And, and then I felt like it wasn't my time yet. And I, next thing I knew, I found myself back in my body, but it was like a real tangible, and we've all heard these near death experiences and, you know, the soul leaves the body and goes to meet God. And we, you know, face the minor judgment or, you know, your life review, or there's different, you know, a lot of these near death experiences, they tell a very similar story, but hearing that from somebody I know and trust completely, it's like, I've had my own personal experiences. I know that I know that I know God is real. Heaven is real. The afterlife is real. Um, you know, many have attested to it. Um, and so I would just say that God is love, that this life is just the hors d'oeuvres for the, the, the feast to come for all eternity. And it's better than we can ever imagine. And so while we're um, on this holiday on earth and becoming the best we can be and contributing and loving our brothers and sisters, let's not lose sight of the big goal. Um, that is our ultimate destiny, which is union with God forever, which is even, it's so amazing. It's hard to wrap your head around, but, but it's truth. Awesome. Bill, that was the longest three second answer I've ever heard. <laughs> I forgot the three second part. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Playing with you, man. All right, Bill, uh, this is your opportunity to give a homework assignment to the man listening right now who wants more in his life, but just doesn't know how to get it. What should he wow. do this week? You know, I would, I would really encourage you, especially the nature of your audience. I would encourage you to go into scripture and turn off the mass media, turn off social media, TV, whatever, uh, other distractions just for a time and really go into the, in, into the Bible. And I'd like you to look up a few passages, Psalm 37, four that we talked about, and really just think about that, that God wants your happiness and that, yes, we may have temporary periods where we have to carry our cross. But the ultimate end is joy and happiness. You know, Good Friday is not for eternity. It was for a time of redemptive suffering. And then the rest of eternity is the glory of the resurrection, Easter, if you will. And so go in, I'd look at Psalm 37, 4. I'd look at uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. If two of you join your voices. In the book of John, several times where Jesus says, if you ask the Father anything in my name, there are sweeping promises in the Bible that God will be with you. He'll protect you. He'll guide you. He'll lead you. And I would just say, get, go deep in the word and spend time in prayer with God and, and just ask him from the bottom of your heart to guide you and lead you in every aspect of your life, showing you what it is that you're meant to do, your unique genius, and then giving you the grace and perseverance to see it through. Praise God for that. All right, BC Nation. If you enjoyed the show, go to brokencatholic.com or iTunes uh, and go ahead and write a review. Um, make sure it's five stars. Otherwise I'm not going to look at it. I'm just joking. <laughs> All right. I'm just being real with you. Okay. But, um, you know, I'll, uh, announce your review. If uh, we like it, uh, we'll check that out and, um, I'll announce it live on the show. Speaking of which I'd like to read a review here. All right. We got David Domzowski, he was actually a guest on my show. He says, real questions. Joseph brings the heat in Broken Catholic. I appreciate how he asks guests real questions, no fluff. You get people being vulnerable about who they are and where God is leading them. We need more of that authenticity in this life. And Joseph's podcast brings that out. God bless this podcast ministry. Thank you, David, for that. BC Nation, go write your own review, and I'll uh, give you a shout out on the show there. All right, so Bill, we got to wrap up here. Um, what's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you if they so choose? Learn more about what you're up to in the world, brother. Well, let's see. We all have our website, which will be in the in the show notes. I'd say just um, you know, if you're looking for mentorship and guidance to improve your life in every category, the wheel of life I mentioned before, the mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, financial, um, you know, get that guidance, get that accountability. Um, if not with Joseph or myself, with somebody, because, you know, we don't want to live life untrained. We don't want to live life without getting that training that we need. And a lot of times we don't get it in school. And I think that the kind of mentorship and wisdom that's been collated and put together and organized in a systematic fashion can literally save you decades of trial and error learning. And so, um, you know, when you think about some of the most brilliant people that have ever lived and they might have 50, 60 years of experience even, and they write a book. And that book you can read or listen to on a book on tape in seven or eight hours and get 60 years in seven or eight hours. That's powerful. So definitely connect with us. My email is bill at the wholeness school.com. Um, and um, I, yeah, that would be my advice. Get a guide, get help, raise your standards, change your beliefs and uh, become who God meant for you to be. 
All right, BC Nation, let's do this. Let's go. Stop sitting there in your sedated life, smoking your pot, hoping that God fixes everything because you won't get up and take ownership of your own messes and the decisions you made in your life. God expects 100% of your participation in the matter of your life. It's your actions and inactions you're responsible for. God's power will get the outcomes and the results. That's the secret formula. Replay yes. that if you need. All right. Bill Schneiders, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you, Joseph, and you too. It's been a pleasure. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.